Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast. I'm Jesse Nealon and this is not about your body. Uh, today's episode actually really won't be about the body, although there's so much crossover between body image and uh, empowerment, or I guess I could say like uh, being in your personal power. Um, and and also self-worth, which often when someone is not in their power, they are not connected to their self-worth. And by power, this can mean a lot of different things, but essentially the idea that um, a person who sort of second guesses themselves and seeks approval from others because they, you know, they don't feel confident in their own decisions, that would be someone who's not in their personal power. Um, and often those are the same people who really struggle with body image because they are so focused on what other people think of them. And... Uh, don't have the ability, the the sort of source, the inner source of self-worth and self-trust to kind of combat the idea that other people's judgments might be negative or whatever. Um, this is the kind of person who often both shows up in uh, struggling with body image. And the thing I want to talk about today is they're also the kind of person who tends to attract predatory people. And this can mean a lot of different things. But I have specifically gotten fired up about manipulative gaslighting that happens among service providers, uh, typically service providers who run their business on the internet and a lot of them in the business coaching space um, or sort of, you know, business uh, mentorship or however they put it, uh, as well as the spiritual space, especially around sort of manifesting success, you know, that kind of life coachy, uh, semi-spiritual space. These are two places where I notice predatory people the most. Maybe it's just because of the most, I don't know, public and I end up seeing uh, a lot of the un, like totally inappropriate and um, irresponsible behaviors because my clients tell me about them. Um, but Part of this that I want to explore is that it's really, uh, well, for me, as someone who has been in a manipulative and abusive relationship, emotionally um, emotionally abusive in that kind of gaslighty way, I am hypersensitive to people who gaslight and manipulate. It is something that just like sends me <laughs> into a rage on behalf of my clients whenever they are dealing with it. And um, I think it just has to be talked about. <clears throat> so if you are not privy to this situation, let me just sort of catch you up. If you've never worked with a business coach, thought about working with a business coach, um, interviewed a bunch of business coaches or researched uh, a bunch of business coaches, the the whole business coaching industry, which like it doesn't in and of itself have to be toxic, but it has become so toxic because it's become like a pyramid scheme. Basically, everybody who wants to do really well in the business coaching sphere is focused on teaching other people to be business coaches. Because the idea is people invest in their businesses. You know, it's like um, they, they see the value of investing in their business, whereas they might not necessarily see the value um, of investing in themselves or a personal issue. So business coaches who want to make a lot of money and be successful generally um, focus on getting other people to be business coaches, that kind of thing. It's like this weird little Ponzi scheme. Um, and also there is a very big push to sort of um, showcase 
financial success because, of course, everybody who's running a business wants a business coach who is wildly financially successful and can help them do the same. So instead of it being like actually, uh, you know, being good at what they do, what makes a business coach uh, sort of credible nowadays is how much money they make, which, of course, you can just lie about. And I'm sure a lot of people just straight up lie about it. But way more people, I think, than that sort of fudge the truth, you know. If they say, you know, I made six figures my first year doing XYZ formula, um, that could be true. And also, they might have spent, you know, $60,000, $70,000 on the back end, like either hiring their own coach or spending money on ads or, you know, whatever it is that they were, that yes, they made that money, but also you who doesn't have $70,000 to invest in that probably won't you know? And then what happens, and this is the thing that makes me so angry, this sort of gaslighty horribleness, um, is they never take accountability for the fact that they don't have something very useful to offer. And it doesn't, doesn't usually work for people the way that they promise. So they make these really lofty promises. They say, you know, I did it. And so can you, I made a hundred thousand dollars, uh, in six months. And so can you. And then people sign up because obviously they're like, oh, cool. I want to make $100,000 in six months. I'm really broke. So they spend $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 on this program because they're like, this will come back to me. You know, maybe I could make $100,000. Uh, and they think, even, you know, even if it's overinflated, they're like, I'd be happy to just make 50 in six months, right? These are not stupid people. But the gurus who are entirely focused on making themselves look good are taking advantage of people's um, need, their vulnerabilities, their insecurities, their lack of self-trust and self-worth. Basically, they sell them. They say, like, something's wrong with you and you don't have this secret and I have the secret and I can teach it to you and all you have to do is invest, you know, $10,000 in my program. And then when it doesn't work, because most of the time with this kind of uh, person, they don't really have anything that land uh, or uh, what is it, groundbreaking. You know, there isn't much that can get someone from $20,000 to $100,000 in six months. Like, that's not really a thing. People really hope it's a thing. And everyone is walking around going, well, surely you know something I don't, so I better pay you. And those, those, business coaches love this. They're willing to lean right into it and say, yes, you're right. I do know something you don't. And the only way they get away with this is they turn on the person in the end. They turn on their client in the end. So, you know, they offer them <clears throat> some kind of formula, some kind of support, I don't know, whatever it is, whether it's like social media um, scheduling or content creation, formula planning, whatever. Uh, they, they do that. And then on the other side, six months later or whatever, the client is like, oh, man, I did feel like I learned some stuff, but like, you know, I didn't see a huge increase in sales or anything. And uh, I'm just not sure if this is working. The person then says, ah, you have to stick with it. Just do six more months or one more month or whatever it is, right? Just invest a little bit more or maybe you need to invest in the deeper package, which is actually double the price. And, and in that you get twice as many calls with me or something. So they are constantly pushing and pushing. They are salespeople that, that are promising a system 
that doesn't work usually, or if it works a little bit, I mean, great, but like they don't have anything groundbreaking because there isn't anything groundbreaking. There is no big magic secret for how to make a shit ton of money really quickly. <clears throat> like basically, if you just stay consistent, you know, and get clear and come from, uh, you know, a place of passion and, and motivation and drive, like you'll be able to make sustainable progress. And, and success slowly build over years. But there is no big magic secret that anyone is missing. But these coaches are like really invested in selling the idea that there is. That if you just do what they did, you too can make this kind of money. Everyone wants it. So people invest. And the people who are most likely to invest are the ones who are most struggling both in their businesses and or in their self-esteem, right? Because they're like, I, I can't do this alone. I don't have, you know, I, I don't have the secret. I don't have the, the good juju. I don't have the information, whatever it is. They're like, you have it. I want it. I'm desperate. These are the people who sign up. Now, the uh, guru coaching people, whatever they, you know, however they <laughs> market themselves, um, once they've gotten as much money out of a client as they can, you know, they've pushed the client to sign up for another three months or to do a, a more expensive program. And maybe they do, maybe they don't. At the end of however much money they can get, the client says, okay, I really don't think this is working. Um, I'm really not seeing the growth, you know, that, that you said I would. And I think I'm, you know, I think I'm ready to be done. Or maybe they say something a little stronger, like, I'm upset you didn't get me the <laughs> results you basically promised me. Uh, the, the coach will now turn it on them, avoid all accountability completely, and make it the client's fault. They will blame the client for their failure to meet this kind of lofty uh, promised goal. And it's very easy to do that when your formula or, you know, the thing you're like teaching or coaching about has to do with some kind of manifestation work. Manifestation being the idea that like, uh, if you focus on good things, you'll draw good things to you. If you focus on, you know, negative things, you'll draw negative things to you. So they'll say, you must not have been in the right headspace, you know? Oh, you must have let fear win. That's a big one. Big, big one. Manipulative tactic number one. Oh, you must have let fear get in the way. And this is all based on the fact that most of these coaches don't really have anything new to teach because there isn't anything new to teach. So instead they focus on mindset work, which like can really change people's lives. But for most people is not going to actually like get them a, a wildly successful, a financially successful business in a short amount of time. So if somebody goes from like, I don't think I can do this to I believe in myself and I can do this, that can totally make a difference in how they run their business. But it is unlikely to suddenly make them $200,000 out of nowhere, right? But because it's so focused, because their work with the client is so focused on things like mindset, which they almost always are, mindset or manifestation or overcoming fear and insecurity or, you know, tapping into their power or any of these things that are sort of ethereal and hard to nail down, what they can then do is blame the client. The client says, I didn't make the money you said I would make. Uh, I'm disappointed. And the coach says, you must have let fear get in the way, or maybe you weren't in your power, or, um, you know, maybe you weren't focused, maybe you didn't want it enough, um, any number of things. And depending on their specific formula, because everyone's got like a different angle, right? Depending on their specific angle, this varies. But what is always true is these predatory coaches 
are able to um, squeeze as much money as possible out of a client and then blame the client when it doesn't work. This lets them off the hook completely because the client can then not say, <laughs> you failed me because the, the coach has made it so clear that actually they must have failed themselves. And one of the ways they do this is using the kind of everybody, the, the weaponizing of the idea of everybody. They'll say, oh, all of my other clients got these results, which is an unprovable uh, thing to find out, by the way. So they'll say, all my other clients did it, so I'm not sure what's wrong with you, you know? It's just this It's this thing of like, oh gosh, nobody has ever said that before. I don't know. Um, did you, uh, like, you know, was your energy off or did you, whatever the, the way is that they can blame the, the person, they'll do it that way. They'll say, none of my clients have ever had that problem before. Even if many of their clients have had this problem before, it's never going to come out publicly. So they know that they're totally covered. And also they know that this client is a lot less likely to like put them on blast on social media, for example, and be like, this person is a scam artist if they feel bad about themselves. Because that is the whole freaking deal with manipulate with manipulating and gaslighting and abusive behavior like this it relies on a person to not stand in their power and to not feel uh worthy as a person it relies on the person to stay quiet and controllable and the way you do that is you make them feel like it's their fault so these are like age-old manipulative tactics that we are seeing spread throughout the business coaching industry everywhere. I mean, even all the books on, on a lot of the books anyway, on business uh, coachy type stuff, like some of it has interesting ideas, some of it has actual formulas worth trying, but none of those formulas are actually going to do what they promise because a formula can't, you know, a single formula cannot make everybody a millionaire overnight. However, there might be lots of interesting things in these books that you can take away from them if you're willing to ignore like the whole first three chapters usually that are like, I, you know, they don't say I promise, but they're like, this formula works, this structure or, or, you know, syllabus or however it is, like, this is the only thing that works. You tried everything. Now you'll try this one. And it's the one that will get you where it's, this is the magic formula you've been looking for. So even in the books, this is happening. But then when you talk to a person or a business and it's a coach and they're really good at manipulation, both because, um, I mean, essentially, like it's sort of the using your powers for evil instead of good thing. Like if you've been trained to um, coach somebody, then you are you are probably pretty good at reading people and maybe that makes you a better salesperson because you're, you're able to read when people are about to put up resistance, what it would keep them keep them from doing that, right? So it makes you better at manipulating maybe. And now these people who, these coaches who are absolutely getting all of their credibility from how much money they make can tell the truth the next time because they have gotten so many people to pay so many dollars to get stuff that they're not really satisfied with but are blaming themselves for their failures at that coach can then continue to say, my business is growing. I made, you know, $100,000 my first year, two fifty dollars my second year, and I'm heading towards $500,000, uh, like heading towards half a million in my third year. Uh, trust me, this business model works. Trust me, it'll work for you. But the thing is, they're not really doing the thing they're teaching clients to do. That's the big scammy bit. They're not actually teaching you how to scam people. I mean, that would be super shitty, but at least it would be a bit more honest, right? 
what they're doing is sort of scamming people so that they have that credibility. And by scamming here, I just mean not actually offering the thing that they are promising. And most often, I'd say being somewhat self-aware about it. Like, I am sure that there are business coaches out there who believe so genuinely in what they're doing, even if they are not delivering those results for people. But there are also many who at least have an inkling, this isn't translating to a lot of my clients. And they are often just not willing to take accountability for that and say, oh, maybe there's something going on with the way that I, you know, (laughs) go about my business. Instead, they say, those are the clients I don't have to worry about because they didn't try hard enough or they didn't have the right mindset or whatever. So they completely wash their hands of accountability, even if they know their business is not actually ending up with a bunch of the results that they have promised. They probably have a couple who did, you know, there's always someone who was at exactly the right time, got exactly the right advice, and they did see $100,000 in six months. Or maybe they just freaking make up these testimonials in order to get credibility socially that makes them look good and they can continue taking money from people. I don't know. Everyone's different. But I do know that this basically is a, I mean, well, to be honest, it's a scammy model, but it's very similar to what the fitness industry was doing, um, well, probably is still doing, but was doing back when I was in it. You know, personal trainers would, they would lift heavy weights, a lot of the women, they would lift heavy weights and like do all of this stuff to get an aesthetic because for personal trainers it's not about how much money you make it's about how your body looks it's the only thing you needed at the time anyway to have credibility as a trainer you didn't need to be good at anything you didn't need to be a good coach you didn't need to be super well educated you just needed to be like certified and have a hot body that people wanted and that was enough and it would make people sign up with them And then they would do stuff with their clients that was not what they were doing for their own bodies, or they would just have such a genetically different body that no matter what they did, even if they did the same thing as their client, the client was always going to look different. And then when the client says, I don't look like you, what the hell, (laughs) you know, I really wanted to lose weight or I really wanted to do such and such, the person will say, well, it, you know, you didn't have the commitment or the discipline you know, you, you're, you're too lazy. You didn't get up and do the cardio I told you to do on the other days, or, you know, you, you keep breaking your diet, you're eating too much fruit. And I told you that that would get in the way. There's always a way for the personal trainer to avoid accountability. When the only thing that made them credible in the first place was their body's appearance. And they're like happily selling a product that they don't actually use to get that credibility. You know, they're selling people like two days a week of training when they train seven days a week for two hours each. Or, you know, they sell their female clients like a bunch of light band work when they themselves are deadlifting and sprinting and doing all this like hardcore stuff. And then their clients are like, why, you know, why, why is this not working? And they say, I don't know, you know, it's worked for a lot of my other clients. Maybe you're just not as dedicated as you would need to be. You would need to have more discipline. You would need to work harder, blah, blah, blah. It is the same exact pattern. And maybe that's why it makes me so mad. Like I just, I am triggered by abuse and manipulation and gaslighting anyway. But I think that it is this very particular crossover probably to the fitness industry um, that I see it being this perfect parallel in the business coaching industry that just like gets my freaking goat and, uh, and unfortunately, we also see almost exactly the same thing in the spirituality coaching sort of world. I don't know what to call this because I don't know that, that they call themselves spiritual coaches. It's, it's often like 
somebody might call themselves a manifestation coach or just a life coach and they just sort of have like a spiritual bent to the coaching that they do. Maybe they're called a women's coach or an empowerment coach or a, I don't know, uh, an intimacy coach or, a, you know, a any kind of coach. Frankly, this is the whole coaching industry, but I do see it particularly play out in these woo-woo uh, spaces where there is a big focus on manifestation and energy. And the reason for that is because it is so freaking easy to blame someone for failing when you're blaming like bad energy or the wrong mindset, like you were thinking negative thoughts. Well, yeah, they were. Everybody thinks negative thoughts. And if your whole promise is like, to help people stop thinking negative thoughts so that they only attract good things into their lives and they have a shit life and like good things don't start showing up immediately and they say, this didn't work for me. It's so easy to be like, well, were you still thinking negative thoughts? And for them to be like, yeah, bad stuff was happening. So I did think some negative thoughts. And, and then you just go, oh, well, I washed my hands of accountability then. That's on you. You shouldn't have been thinking negative thoughts. Remember I told you? manifestation, you got to think positive. So it's this like spiritual bypassing BS that really lends itself to the same exact playbook of predatory behavior in coaches, where their entire goal is to just make money, um, you know, use people for whatever they can, essentially, like, get, get as much out of people as they can. They, they may very well feel super connected to the work that they do. And, and maybe they're like, I'm worth it. You know, it's $500 an hour because I just am really good at like uh, psychic cleansing or, you know, whatever the thing is, right? I'm sure they believe that. But on the other side, like, and also all, just to be clear, all of this stuff could be done with integrity. I am not referring to the people who are doing it with integrity. I'm very much referring to people who are, in my view, doing it in a way that is unprofessional, irresponsible, and predatory. I will also say, though, that that is a lot more people than you'd think, you know, like a lot of very famous, <laughs> or I should say, uh, like influencers and coaches with really big platforms fall into this category. And if you start talking to their clients, there tend to be a lot of these patterns of the same exact behavior where, you know, the client never got what they were promised or, you know, the coach was really unavailable and never really seemed to connect like with them as a person as much as they did on the sales call, which made them feel super seen. And then down the line, you know, it's like they get pushed to do the more intensive program when they say this isn't working for me. And the coach says, oh, I'm going to need you to invest in this, uh, you know, double price thing. And that'll get you what you really need because you just need more deeper work. Um, and then on the other side, they never get what they were promised. They were left disappointed. They invested all this money and they don't see the differences. And uh, if they speak up about it, the coach will either ignore them or silence them or blame them so that they feel so bad about it that they don't go tell everyone. When people start speaking up, this is a very like time's up, me too movement kind of deal. People come, you know, they fall off their little podium. Like when people are called out and accountability is public, a coach can no longer hide behind the nobody else has ever dealt with this problem. You know, like if more people talked about their experience with a particular business coach publicly and, uh, it, you know, it started to become clear, oh, this very, very popular business coach is sort of scamming people, taking their money and not doing a whole lot about it. Uh, then everybody starts to go, oh, this is a pattern. This is a predatory behavior. I'm not going to sign up with them. But but people don't do that for the most part because the coach makes them feel like you are alone. You are isolated. You are the weird one. You are the problem. 
Your failures are yours, not mine. And that's how they get away with it. They rely on people who hear all of that and have enough uh, lack of confidence in their own self, their own power to say, yeah, maybe they're right. You know, well, I guess it was me. That's what allows these people to thrive. And in terms of the spiritual world, like it's all the same thing. You know, people say I'm going to I'm going to cleanse or, or manifest or whatever. By the end of this program, you're going to have a better sex life, a better marriage, uh, the house that you want, make the money that you want, all these things. And when it doesn't work, I'm going to just say, you know, you're the problem. My other clients have never had this issue. Um, that's very weird. Must be something you were doing. And I wash my hands of accountability. So this cycle is super continuous. And it makes me so freaking mad because this is, this is just a cultural acceptance at this point of predatory behavior. And just because nobody's being like sexually abused, like nobody cares, you know? I mean, Me Too movement was like, oh my God, all these horrible things were happening to women. Uh, you know, the Harvey Weinstein thing. So, oh my God, all these horrible things. Good gracious. Everyone was able to see that this was worthy of being really upset about and going after and canceling him, you know, the whole thing, right? Not just canceling him, like putting him in jail, but you know, my, my point is everyone was able to see this is bad enough to do something about. But when it's like, oh, uh, it, it's kind of like saying like cult leaders and, and people who join cults, um, people see that and they go, oh man, those people who join that cult must be so dumb, you know, or women who stay with abusive men, there's like, well, you know, if she didn't want to get beat up, she shouldn't have stayed with him. Like there is this victim blaming mindset where if nothing, nothing too horrible or monstrous is happening and somebody's being a bit predatory, then we, we tend to just blame the victims of this kind of behavior, this kind of um, predatory behavior by saying they shouldn't have been so naive or they shouldn't have been so in, you know, unintelligent or they shouldn't have been so whatever to have fallen for it. And we always do the thing, especially when we watch cult stuff, you know, people are always like, man, I would never do that. I would never have been drawn into Scientology. No way. I would absolutely have walked out when such and such happened. No way would I have stayed. You know, but we see these things and we know that really intelligent people end up in cults. So it's not intelligence. And we know that people of like all different, um, you know, walks of life end up in abusive relationships. So we know it's not about just being naive. Something is wrong with our culture that we talk about these things without being like, why is he doing that? Like, oh my God, that is horrible. He must have such a tight grip over her reality at this point and her mind that she does not feel safe leaving or perhaps even believes that she deserves to stay with him. Like that is the truer thing, right? And likewise, like we should be saying, wow, that cult leader must have been so uh, charismatic and persuasive and manipulative that people were willing to ignore when XYZ happened because they were so bought in at that point to the sort of greater meaning that this cult leader had provided for them. Or certain needs were being met that must have been so important to them and that they believed couldn't get met any other way that they were willing to stay after abuse started, that kind of thing. So the same stuff is true here. That like, I think when people hear an individual say, oh, I got like screwed over by this coach, you know, 
they promised me all this resources and everything. And then, you know, they really weren't very attentive and they didn't have a lot of availability. And like, I just, I really didn't feel like I was getting anything out of it. And I never got those resources. But when I asked for them, they said like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just do one more month together. You know, whatever the situation is, people will hear that individual story and say, man, you were a sucker. Like people will go to that victim blamey place instead of, wow, that person must have been very persuasive at salesmanship and at making you feel like you can't do it without them, that you're broken and they are, you know, here to, to fix you. And also like perhaps made you dependent on them at a certain point because you needed these resources. So you were willing to do one more month to kind of get like what you were originally promised, which is, you know, they're playing on like the sunken cost fallacy. Like, why don't we do that? And the reason is because we don't hear thousands of stories about this all the time. It's easy to do that. And it's what people do to themselves when we only hear an isolated story. However, when, you know, 50 clients of somebody step forward and tell us the same story, now we're no longer like, wow, you must be a sucker. Now we're starting to say, wow, this person must be like deeply manipulative and predatory. Wow, this person must be a con artist, you know? But we only do that when there's a volume, unfortunately, of these kinds of stories being told. So I guess the first thing I wanna say about this is if you are somebody who has invested money in any kind of coach or service provider, because that is what a coach is, you pay them to provide a service, not to be your guru, not to be like, you know, an inspirer, you know, uh, you don't pay them to like fix something that's broken about you. you. You hire them to provide a service, whether that's to provide support for you or to provide um, education or information for you. Like they're a service provider. If they are positioning themselves as a superior being with all the answers, I mean, there's a red flag for you right there. However, if in your history at any point you have hired a service provider who did this kind of pattern, who promised you something, maybe dragged you along in order to make like make it so that you invested. Uh, maybe they were very pushy in their sales call. They strung you along, didn't give you the resources that you had paid for, or sort of you know uh, was canceling calls a lot, or or really wasn't offering any value. Any of these things, and then whether or not you like stood up for what was going on for yourself in the moment or not, just like know that this is part of a pattern. You are not alone. You are not the problem. You are not broken. You do not have bad vibes. You are not the issue here. The issue is the coaching industry in so many various uh, ways tends to draw predators, especially the business coaching because it's all about money, but also all different kinds of people, right? Um, it's a fairly low barrier of entry. So it's not like you had to go to like, you know, get your master's and, and do this whole program in order to be able to work with people. There's very little um, like legal uh, requirements or ethical requirements. So they're not really held accountable in the way that say a therapist would be for not providing a service. It's hard to um, like I could call the Better Business Bureau or somebody like that to report uh, certain service providers, but if they're just a coach, there's a lot less I can kind of, a person who does work like this individually, a lot less I can do about that, right? So there's just way less ways for them to be held accountable, which makes the industry as a whole really susceptible to predatory people. 
And then those predatory people start saying, you can do $100,000, you know, next week because I did. I have the secret magic formula. And people say, oh, my God, okay, I need that help. I'm going to invest. And then this, it, it works because they're able to silence you on the other side. So if you have had this happen to you, and it doesn't have to be dramatic, maybe you lost you know, a, a shit ton of money, maybe you didn't. But if you know what I'm talking about, if you've experienced any bit of what I'm talking about, then you are a part of a bigger picture problem. You are not the problem. You are part of a problem. And I encourage you to start talking about it. Whether you haven't talked about it because you are ashamed or embarrassed or feel stupid or guilty or any of these things, like, I still encourage you to start talking about it because the more people who start talking about it, the more people we're going to realize this is happening to. And that is so, so important. Like for the greater good, <laughs> if you can overcome the feeling of like, I am such an idiot, I spent $10,000 on a stupid program that I shouldn't have spent the money on, or I'm such an idiot, I did this program and it didn't even work for me even though it worked for everybody else. Like that is that is a really hard thing to just tell your friend like, you know, Oh man, what's up with you lately? Well, I wasted $10,000 on a business coaching plan that uh, completely failed me. Like it's not a sexy topic. I understand that. It's not something we want to talk about, but I do think it's something we need to be talking about. And for so many reasons, because when we do this, it shines a light on the fact that, well, first of all, it's going to release a lot of the shame people hold for having been duped or having failed at programs that they, you know, were told were their own fault. Um, but also it's going to shine a light on our lack of personal power, basically why and how and how often uh, and with whom we are signing up to spend money with people who um, are promising to fix us and preying on our vulnerabilities and preying on our insecurities to do so. Like you need me you know I mean that's the message and when I left the fitness industry something that I felt so strongly about um, with my clients when I had been working there and also just after in general is I don't want anybody to ever need me like I want my clients to feel so good about the fact that they have built physical competence they know how to move they enjoy moving they have made it a routine I want them to just feel like all the power is theirs. I do not want to be a fitness guru, even though at the time it was like the era of Jillian Michaels. It was very, very common for people to build a sort of guru-esque fitness platform as a trainer. And and then you're like, you get to be super judgy and critical of your clients. And you'd be like, oh, well, it sounds like you didn't work hard enough. Gosh, if you really wanted it, you'd, you know, such and such. And you can hold them to an impossible standard and then blame them when they fail. And it makes them feel ashamed and it makes you sort of look good, sort of, I say, because even though it, it can absolutely build you power, but in the end, if you're called out, really doesn't make you look good. Um, and that's what I want here. Like, I want us all to recognize that we don't need a guru. We don't need a guru. We don't need a, a superior being. Like, sure, some people have information that we want, but we can approach those relationships with equals. We don't have to show up and be deferential and submissive to a, a person who has positioned themselves in a space of power so that they can manipulate us. Like, we do not need that. And in fact, I would argue anybody who is doing that should not be an investment. Even if they had all the information in the world, if they feel the need 
to position themselves as superior to you and better than you and like you just need to do what I say don't ask questions don't challenge the system that person is not going to do right by you they can't because their entire sense of self and success and worth and business all of it relies on not being equals with you relies on you being inferior personally with my clients now I feel like equals I feel like we are uh, collaborators you know, on a project. I'm focused on them, but we are doing it together. And that is what I think should happen. They should leave those calls feeling like, man, I feel really good about my ability to do this thing I want to do. Not, wow, Jesse had such great advice. If a client leaves a call with me saying, Jesse, wow, Jesse really knows a lot of stuff. I have failed. Because I am not here to to make myself look or feel good. I'm not here to be like, yeah, I really do know a lot of stuff. Let me tell you about it. Or, you know, <laughs> I give great advice. So just follow my rules, kid, and you'll do fine. Like, I, I know that that doesn't actually help people. So that's pretty much like the biggest reason I, I don't do that. But also it's because I have a sense of self-worth that is strong enough and resilient enough for me to be equals with my clients. I don't need them to be inferior to me for me to feel good about the work I do. And anybody who does need their clients to be inferior to them to hold a position of power over their clients clearly is lacking in that sense of uh, self-value in that, in that role. Like they clearly don't think they actually have anything really worthy of the $10,000 they're going to charge you. So they have to do all this smoke and mirrors and cult leader bullshit where basically they're just like, you know, hiding behind this sort of power dynamic where people feel shitty about themselves. Some people get results, some don't, and everyone's quiet about it. It's awful. So, gosh, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Um, basically just a rant about it, I guess. But I, I do want to encourage people who have experienced this to reach out, speak up, start telling your stories, start posting it on the internet, start tagging me in it on Instagram if you want. Because like, this is a topic that I'm really passionate about, that we should not have to deal with this also you will not be surprised to learn that a lot of the people falling for these kinds of things are women. Now, that's not to say men can't fall for it. Lots of them do. And, and that's, you know, like this is not like a gender thing specifically, but there is a power dynamic established uh, between men and women so that a lot of business coaches are men and they, they often have the vast majority of their clients be women. But also, it's a thing where women are are taught, basically they learn at some point, uh, to not have confidence in themselves, to not think of themselves as worthy, to not trust themselves or their intuition, and basically like to see themselves as uh, broken and inferior so that they are just like in such a vulnerable position to anyone who wants to take advantage of that and say, ah, I see all that in you, and for $10,000 I can fix it. Like they just happen to be more vulnerable and therefore statistically this stuff is happening to women a lot more. So just a, something to be aware of, I guess. Um, and I would love if more conversations started breaking out about this. And, and I'm a little torn on naming names because on the one hand, I think like, you know, it would just be so validating if people started saying, I worked with this person. This was what my experience was like. Not even necessarily like, in, in a vindictive way or anything, just this was my experience. Anybody else? You know, like anyone else ever experienced that with this person? Because it provides space for either people to step forward 
if they're, you know, a popular enough figure, um, for other people to step forward and say, actually, yeah, that was my experience too, where you start to form a sort of collective narrative around it and, and, and that highlights the predatory behavior. Um, or it just is a, it's like a little, you know, bad Yelp review, basically, right? It's like a little bit of like, eh, everybody else seems to really love them. This was my experience. It wasn't great. Um, that's it. Move on. So in that way, I think naming names makes a lot of sense. However, I will also say there is plenty of value to not naming names and just telling your story. Like you don't necessarily have to be like, this was like, <laughs> you know, uh, such and such person's fault and they really screwed me over and you should go leave hate, hate mail on their page or anything. You can just totally be like, this was my experience. I lost a certain number of dollars and I'm, I'm feeling really disappointed and upset. Um, however, I also recognize that like this is not an isolated incident. Stuff like this happens all the time. I just wanted to normalize it. And if anyone else has had a similar story, I'd love to hear it, right? Like so there's sort of a connection to the, the content of the story rather than the person. Also totally valuable. Um, on a personal note, by the way, when I was first getting started – and I felt super overwhelmed about my business when I first getting started with my uh, online version of my business. I hired a guy who was exactly all of this. He was a well-known business coach. He was supposed to be incredibly well-regarded. I felt like I did my due diligence. I read his testimonials. I read like reviews and all this stuff. Um, and I signed up and I don't remember exactly what I signed up for, but I remember that it was useless. Basically every call he would just like say some random semi-motivational sounding advice and not solve any problems and not help me in any way. And anytime I gave pushback, like he would say, oh, you just got to do this. You know, like this is the thing you just got to do. I would say, oh, well, I don't know if that like aligns with my ethics. And he would be like, oh, well then, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you don't have to. But he didn't like have an alternative and didn't like ask me questions or anything like that. He was just utterly useless. Um, and I, I lost $8,000. And I need to be clear that this was at a time where $8,000... I mean, I, I, I felt like I was putting my life on the line. I was desperate for help. I needed help so badly that I gave so much money to this guy who offered me absolutely nothing in return. And when I told him a few months in, I was like doing, I was supposed to do a year or something. Um, I had only done a couple of months at this point. And I said, I don't think I'm getting anything out of this. So I think I'd like to stop. He was very pushy. He told me basically that I just needed to keep going. It would eventually work. And when I was like, well, do you think you could tell me like what it is that that will work? Because right now, like I'm not doing anything from this work. We just have calls and you sort of tell me to do stuff. And I say, hey, that doesn't really work for me. And that's it. Uh, he uh, never I don't think he ever responded. Oh, no, he did. He said, uh, well, basically just that I, I needed to do what he said and then it would work. Um, and when I like canceled the payment or whatever, I never heard from him ever again. And I wish there was someone somewhere that I could go and leave him a bad Yelp review because like that was so frustrating. That was such a devastating, heartbreaking amount of money to have lost at a time where I was like just trusting somebody to help me. I was just looking for support so badly and I ended up with this awful situation. So, I mean, again, there's no shame in this and I'm coming from a place of like I'm in it with us all. I am not standing from the outside and being like, you people should tell your stories. Like, I am up in it. I have, I have been there. And I know that, that it can feel embarrassing and it can feel like 
you know, but it's the same thing as like, oh, I never told my friends that that guy was like abusive because it didn't seem bad enough or it only happened that one time and I didn't want them to think bad of him and, you know, all these reasons. And, and then at the end, like years later, you're like, oh, like none of that was my fault or responsibility. I should have just told people because that was abusive and maybe they would have helped support me, you know. Um, but we keep these things to ourselves when it feels embarrassing or it feels like there's shame attached to it and we think it's our fault. So that's my encouragement for you today. Listen, if you don't want to connect with any of this, if you've never been on the internet where business coaches live, um, this might have been the most boring episode you've ever heard. And I am sorry for that. Uh, but I, yeah, I feel like it's a huge deal. And I know so many people who are impacted and affected by it. So really wanted to talk about it. And as you can probably tell, the links, you know, to like disempowerment and lack of self-trust and worth, they're so, so powerful here. And they're so um, just related to the the whole deal of body image and being like told by the fitness industry and the wellness industry and the diet industry. And basically everyone uses the same manipulative gaslighting model to shame the people who buy their stuff into both buying more stuff and blaming themselves rather than the company or the product when it fails. So this is everywhere. This is just everywhere, which means that all of us need to normalize, take it out of the dark, bust the shame, strip away all the, the layers of self-blame and shame, and then hopefully be able to stand in our power more often where we are recognizing, wow, these people really want my money and don't want to provide me with something that works. That's not a me problem. That's a capitalism problem. That's a that's an ethics problem for them or, you know, whatever it is, because that, oh, my God, would change the world. Um, anyway, that's all I wanted to say about that today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I realize this was kind of a long one. I'm I'm sorry. I guess I really oh God, I was so fired up. I didn't realize I had this much to say, but um, hopefully it was helpful. You can always hit me up on Instagram at Jesse Neeland. Shoot me a DM. Let me know your thoughts. Um, and if you enjoy my free content, you are encouraged and invited to uh, use the show notes where I will be linking to both my Patreon page and my buymeacoffee.com page, where if you either want to uh, sort of support my content in an ongoing way, or if you just want to like shoot me a tip and say, hey, thanks, that was really helpful. Uh, either of those things are welcome. And as always, you can find me on my website, jessineelan.com. I am in the middle of a sort of reworking that website. So hopefully I will have a new one up soon. Um, but you can find me on the contact page and reach out if you have any questions or thoughts or uh, suggestions or ideas for an episode. All right. Thank you for being here and I'll catch you next time.